Sup Freaks, it's your boy Marty here to introduce this week's episode of Rabbit Hole Recap. Matt and I just had a great rip, ripping at all-time highs, but let's focus on some of the fundamentals being worked on too as well. This episode is brought to you by our good friends at the motherfucking Cash App. They're hoping to stack sats, send sats, receive sats, sell sats, if you so please, we're saying sats, 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 because sats are the standard. Few freaks that don't know, maybe new to Bitcoin, there are 100 million Satoshis, also known as sats, in one Bitcoin. If you stack 100 million sats, you have one Bitcoin. And the Cash App enables you to stack whole sats. We're not stacking fractions of Bitcoin anymore. We're stacking whole sats, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions, if you're big ballers out there. The cuck bucks are not going as far as they used to. You can only get like 2,400 sats per dollar right now last i checked you'll find out in a couple minutes when when you hear me read the dashboard but i'm sure it's changed since then um so if you haven't downloaded the cash app yet make sure you go do so use the code stacking sats when you do that it's s-t-a-c-k-i-n-g-s-a-t-s you're going to get ten dollars ten dollars going to go to our good friends at owls lacrosse that's owls lacrosse Download the Cash App. You're going to be able to stack sats, send sats, receive sats, sell sats. They have their sats back boost if you get your cash card. Go anywhere. Visa's accepted. Stack sats. Get sats back. Take advantage of the sats offerings on the Cash App. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at Adams. Okay? Adams is a relatively new sponsor. Shoe company. We got a shoe deal. Adams. A-T-O-M-S is a shoe company making the most comfortable, ideal, everyday shoe. Shoe for the person with low time preference. Okay, these shoes are incredible. They have a custom foam midsole. Uh, It's designed to cushion your feet, giving you unparalleled comfort and a personalized fit. Very personalized fit. No more half sizes. We're not going 10, 10 and a half, 11. You go 10, 10 and a quarter, 10 and a half, 10 and three quarters, 11. Get that perfect fit for your foot. It's going to form to your foot. Again, these are shoes for the individual with a low time preference. So they have these shoelaces that you only have to tie once, and they never come untied. They're they're like elastic. They're pretty incredible. On top of that, they have like microbial copper that's going through the shoe that makes it so if you're like a sweaty foot, smelly foot guy, that, that copper sort of counteracts that. So it prevents your shoes from becoming smelly. These are, these are the shoes not only for the people with smelly feet out there, but especially for the people with smelly feet out there. All right, go to adams.com slash TFTC. Uh, and when you go to that, that link, Adams, A-T-O-M-S dot com slash T-F-T-C, you're going to get a uh, free pair of socks at checkout. And their socks are in Fuego as well. Again, I've, I've been rocking Adams for the last couple of months now. Highly recommended. Shoes forming to my foot. Extremely comfortable. Slips right on. You can wash it and just air dry it. And they, they clean. If you got a low time preference. Looking for a shoe. Check out Adams. Last but not least... This episode is brought to you by our good friends at Unchained Capital. They're doing incredible things. Unchained Capital uh, is creating financial services for Bitcoiners with a security-first mindset. And this plays out in their Vault product. And they have a special offer for you freaks. Anybody out there, if you go to unchained-capital.com and you tell them that TFTC sent you, we're actually going to send you to a special link to this white glove concierge service in the show notes. So you can check it out there. Tell them TFTC sent you. You're going to get $50 off a $1,500 package. And this package is going to include 
video conferences with the Unchained Capital team that are they're going to get you comfortable with multi-sig. So you're going to go from zero to a multi-sig vault with this package. Um, and, and the Unchained team is going to get you comfortable with collaborative custody, which is their model where you hold two keys, they hold the third key in a two or three multi-sig wallet. Uh, if you ever need to move your UTXOs out of your vault, you can do so by yourself. But if you ever need Unchain, they have a key and they can be there for you to move your UTXOs if you're ever in a situation where you need to do that. They're going to explain this all as part of the package in multiple video conference calls. Uh, on top of that, they're, they're going to send you hardware wallets uh, so that and teach you how to set up your hardware wallets, get you comfortable with protecting your keys and best practices for securing your keys. Uh, and then at the end, you're going to get $1,000 worth of Bitcoin dumped in your vault. Um, so go check this out. Links in the show notes. Beyond the Vault product, Unchain is offering incredible services, whether it be their collateralized loans or they're rolling out their OTC desk as well, um, which is which is uh, getting into more and more states by the week, it seems. And then they're doing incredible open source contributions, whether it be through code with their Caravan multi-sig implementation, which, uh, which, which their Vault product runs on. They've open sourced that solution to the community so Bitcoiners can use it without Unchained. <coughs> You take a breath. Uh, on top of that, they're putting out incredible content. Uh, Drew with his Bitcoin astronomy and HODL waves. I was actually just looking at the HODL waves. And if you check out the HODL waves chart, the price is actually going off the chart. Fun fact. Um, Parker Lewis with his Gradually Then Suddenly series, which is an incredible uh, source to send newcomers to, which is an incredible set of essays. Uh, diving into the fundamentals of Bitcoin, the network, the monetary good, uh, and the phenomena that's sweeping the globe right now. So go check out everything at unchained-capital.com. If you want to check out the concierge package, we're going to put that uh, link specifically in the show notes. Again, tell them TFTC sent you. Thank you to all of our sponsors. Thank you to you freaks for listening to this. If you're liking it, please subscribe, share it, um, give us a rating and review if you can. Everything goes a long way. Uh, really excited for 2021. And I think you guys are going to love this rip. Enjoy. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Probably should be. Probably should be. Welcome, freaks. Rabbit hole recap. What a hell of a week. Anything been going on this week? Oh, we are live. Yeah, yeah. I told you we're live. Classic Marty. Yeah. Cheers, freaks. I'm uh I'm going sober this week. Uh, cheers. This is water. Going mezcal. It's a mezcal kind of year. I like that mezcal kind of. This is in a champagne bowl run for you. It's never really a champagne. It's more of a sh- champagne is more complimentary. It's not really a base alcohol. It's more of a popping social kind of environment. Like I don't, I, I yeah, it's 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 different. Champagne will still be involved. We will still be popping bubbly uh, this bull cycle. It's more experience uh, than substance with the champagne. It hasn't really happened yet. 
but uh, we're we're getting we're we're every day we're getting closer to to moon culture. Yeah, how's uh, how's nature culture? I feel comfortable talking about this because you posted a picture on Twitter. Yeah, I'm in I'm in a cabin in the woods. There was, I was I was I had I have a there's a buck on the wall over there, but I couldn't. I'm in the loft, so you can't see it. But uh, it's a great out here. It's good to be. Um, I don't know. I, I I always I always love it in the woods. It's uh, it's truly peaceful and relaxing, uh, without all the bullshit. So, um, and I, it's really cool that I can just broadcast out to all of you freaks out there um, from this cabin. I mean, I mean, if you look at twenty twenty one, like we just hit the ground fucking ripping. I since the new year started, uh, I did a like a live stream event with Bitcoin Magazine. Um, I did Citadel Dispatch on Tuesday. Then today we ripped with Jack Maulers. I'm excited for the freaks to get that rip, which we're going to release tomorrow. Um, and then I immediately jumped into the Casa Key Fest, and now I'm here now. So uh, uh, no sleep till 2022. Let's fucking go. Jam-packed day. Uh, Jack Maulers gets extremely passionate in the conversation we recorded earlier today. Incredible episode. Be on the lookout for that. Jack's doing incredible things. We're going to talk about a couple of them tonight. But before we do all that, we got to do what we usually do around here, and that's go check out Clark Moody's Bitcoin dashboard. Currently, the price of Bitcoin is sitting at $39,040. It's a huge dip. Uh, I, I know Matt has set a target for 40000 by the time we finish recording today. So let's see if we can make that happen. You're going to get 2,561 sats per dollar. The, the cuck buck just simply isn't going hey, Marty, as far we already as hit 40k we hit 40k while we were recording with jack uh i so i really wanted to break 40k while we're recording live like that's what i want the freaks to prepare your stacks let's let's make this happen let's get let's get over 40k while we're live first rhr of 2021 i want to break 40k live are we stacking on air are we yes right. I well think we only kind of because marty Go ahead. Twitter, the the Periscope feed didn't work. Oh, dang it. Why is that? What's going on? We're on YouTube only. Whatever. We have YouTube freaks with us. Subscribe um, if you're listening yeah, we on can, YouTube. <laughs> we can stack on air. Um, all right. We're going to stack on air if we're trying to get, get it pushed above 40. Stack responsibly. Uh, currently sitting at a $726.2 billion market cap or 0.72. Six five trillion. It's probably a better way to put it. Approaching a trillion dollars. Uh, a lot of people were cheering on the the overall cryptocurrency market breaking one trillion dollars yesterday. Interesting development, you know. Um, currently, one Bitcoin is going to get you twenty point one ounces of gold. We've shot up to Bitcoin uh, attaining five point seven eight percent of gold's total market cap. Uh, they're currently eighteen million five hundred ninety three eight hundred twelve point nine. Bitcoin that are have been distributed to the network. Uh, you got to take out the, like the Lightning Network capacity since private channel, especially after our talk with Jack today. The uh, just showing the the uh, public capacity it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, of course, it makes sense. I mean, we can only see public capacity. We can't see private capacity. I'm trying to stack, by the way, with my phone, but when my phone gets near the mic, it makes the noise. So that's why I've been on mute. But public capacity matters. You just have to know that there's like the shadow network 
of massive private channels that exist that we can just never know about. Like people, unless you're one of the two participants in that channel, you will never know about it. Yeah, there should be an asterisk there. Like, hey, there's more activity beyond this. I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, good time to be a miner. I forget who tweeted it out. Somebody tweeted out a chart that, that mining profitability uh, has, has been, I think it was like 33 million uh, in one day uh, a few days ago. It's the highest it's been uh, since 2017, which is good to see. Right now, uh, the average fees per reward is 8.97%. So that's going up around 6.2. Bitcoin getting close to 10% there. Right now, the mempool, according to Clark's dashboard, there's 43,187 transactions in his mempool. Uh, if you're willing to wait a week, according to Clark's dashboard, you're going to get uh, one sat per byte transactions. Are they going to clear, okay. Matt? I just stacked. Let it be known. I hope the freak stacked with us. I had to finish my stack. I got I got caught into something. This is all gravy. It's all gravy until we're, Whoa. we're still we're still early until Elon prices his wealth in sats. Samurai considerable jump up here. 2186.77 uh Bitcoin in unspent capacity. That's eighty five point three million dollars in overall liquidity. Wasn't that at like nineteen last week? Yeah, and, and the US dollar amount is fucking exploding as well. It's extremely fucking bullish. Yes. People get hyped about funny things on Twitter. Well, there's a lot of things to be hyped about. You know, yeah, everything's good for Bitcoin. I'm just, there's some things that are just, you know, underhyped. That's all. I agree. I agree. I agree. Is there Noah Leibowitz said he would stack, but he's already fully exposed. Uh, I would say you should consider putting on pants um, because we do have decency laws in this country. Yes. Yes. Put your pants on, Noah. Don't be a slob. <laughs> Stay humble, freaks. Don't, don't, if, do the math right now. Do the math. If Bitcoin flash crashes to $28,000, pull that straight out of my fucking ass. Will you be all right? Can you just hodl your sats and just sit tight and continue stacking? Uh, if the answer to that is no, you're overexposed. You need to be careful here because it could happen. I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't care if it happens, but that's the point. You should be in a situation where it shouldn't matter. Agreed. Don't get stressed out about this. That's why we harp on dollar cost averaging, setting that plan, treat it as a savings account. Takes a lot of stress off your shoulders. That's it. And like, that's another thing. Like it's arguably if Bitcoin's going to do what it has done in the past or even surpass expectations of what it has done in the past, this is just the beginning. Like, and think about how distracting the price is. Uh, these last few days alone, what are we up twenty one thousand dollars in twenty one days or something like that? I saw. Nobody knows. <laughs> I mean, obviously, people know. I, I it does. It's, it's, um, it? it's, it's the best. Open water Bitcoin is the best fucking thing ever. Waking up in the morning and trying and have the self control to wait fifteen minutes before seeing if your net worth is up ten uh, percent or down twenty percent is the best fucking drug ever. And don't let anyone else tell you otherwise. I mean, it's a great drug. It's very distracting, though. That's why. Uh, I don't know if you put this on the list, but I wanted to write about AJ Towns, uh, Anthony Towns, Bitcoin Core contributor, the blog post that he released yesterday. And I think as this price is going up, I mean, it's it's incredible. It's a, it's a $40,000 right now. Again, up something like $21,000 in the last 21 days, potentially more now. I, I read that tweet earlier this morning. So I, I think we've gone up since then. Uh 
getting a dev's perspective on on the state of the protocol through their eyes again this is one developer in his opinion uh, aj towns but I, I think it was a great piece to help put this price run in perspective and where the protocol is from a technical level and um i really liked the the things he decide he's deciding to focus on in 2021 um which is making the network more robust against things at the pdp level like isp attacks and um uh, making it so it's easier to get on and off uh, lightning via things like L2. So still have to get work done here, freaks. You can't get distracted by the price. Bearish. I mean, I love, I love Anthony. Uh, he was kind of bearish on the price, huh? <laughs> right. Well, um, I kind, I kind of love that, you know, because I was talking about it last week. Um, I love the bear markets because the bear markets we can just us Bitcoiners we can just say with absolute conviction. Uh, that Bitcoin's designed to pump forever and we can be contrarian about it. And then you enter this kind of zone that we've seen for the last couple of weeks where just like everyone and their mother was like bullish Bitcoin, Bitcoin's great and stuff. And now finally we've moved up enough that idiots are coming out and calling the top, not calling you Anthony Towns an idiot. I'm not saying you're calling the top, but we've seen so many people come out and call the top on Twitter, um, on Twitter, on Bloomberg, on CNBC. And now we can fucking shun the non-believers again. You know, we, we were finally back in the territory where we can be contrarian bulls. Yeah. Stuff the haters in the lockers. And I, I think we talked about it last week. This feels, uh, you, you never want to be the one to say this time is different, but in terms of, so that's, I guess that's a good discussion to have. Like, do you think in terms of volume of people, number of individuals, getting into Bitcoin is is where it was during the retail mania of 2017, or do you think it's simply uh, much f- fewer individuals driving a ton more volume into the market or a combination of both? Um, I don't know if I called him Anthony Towers. I don't think I did, but the people in the comments are heckling me. So if I did, so- apologies. It's Anthony Towns, and everyone should go read his... his uh, Bitcoin in 2021. It is a really good piece. And his last year one was fucking fantastic. Yeah. He described the um, funnel and he, and he thinks the, the funnel base is stronger now, which is good to see. Um, but to just go back to it, I mean, I, I like, is this time different, Marty? I, I want to say yes, I do, but I don't want to be that asshole. So maybe I, mean, I won't. Once again, and I will just keep repeating this, this whole fucking cycle until I'm proven wrong, uh, because that's my MO. <laughs> All cards on the table. Um, we are right on path to be, we're like basically the same as the previous cycle. That's like, crazy. It hasn't been much different. Like what we're sitting right now at um, like $3,500, $3,600. People would dream, people would fucking dream to get Bitcoin at that price. Okay, so where do we sit at the end of this cycle? I mean, I'm saying equivalent, right? Equivalent. Where do like who the fuck knows? I, I actually at the equivalent, we're probably even less. Yeah, I, I did the math a little bit wrong there. Equivalent, we'd be at like 2,700, 2,800 if you talk about relative to the previous all-time high of the previous cycle. So of course, you know, but we're gonna call top. We're gonna call top at 2,800. That's ridiculous. That's fucking ridiculous. People cannot even contemplate where we could go here yeah mid six figures freaks don't it's not out of the realm of possibility uh but is it and and let's 
get into friend and family indicators here. The text I've been receiving uh, in recent days, a lot today specifically, is like, when's the pullback coming? And that's usually signs that a pullback isn't coming uh, when you have these people waiting on the sidelines. I just had to keep telling. I, same advice as always. Just just buy a little bit and buy it on a consistent basis. Don't try and time it. So, Nobody listens. Nobody listens. Few people so we, listen. So my goal with Citadel Dispatch is to try and make it more technical. But but ultimately, the idea is like trying to do like actionable, like real actionable Bitcoin discussion. And because uh, we had Bitcoin's birthday and I did this this live stream event with Bitcoin magazine uh, about self-custody and self-sovereignty, which all the freaks should go go watch if they haven't. Um, I, I think it came out really great. Um, and I'm just, I'm really grateful for all the people that have participated in that with me. Um, I figured I'd go maybe less technical with Citadel Dispatch this week. So Citadel Dispatch this week, week I had Dergigi and Krisis BTC on. And one of the things we tackled was this idea of stacking sats, right? And dollar cost averaging versus going just all in. Um, and like how new users should approach that and how new Bitcoiners should approach that, how they should tackle their FOMO. Um, and the regrets of shitcoins. So if you are a freak and you haven't listened to that and you are asking yourself, um, do I stack? Do I just go all in? Do I leverage my home? Don't, you know, take out a huge loan and put it into Bitcoin. Don't do that. Um, go listen to Citadel Dispatch or watch it on YouTube. Uh, and I think I think you you could get something out of it. That, that was the goal. Yes, and I hopped into that for, for as long as I can. I think Chris Asius did make a good point at one point, maybe he was steel manning himself and I only heard a blur, but once these bull markets do start, something you have to take into consideration is the multiples that the coin is making in, in such a short amount of time. And I think Parabolic Trav tweeted this out too. Like if you miss like a 300% run and the price floor gets like ends up being above that, like you miss out on the, the potential for that long-term stack. Um, so like, if you are wanting to get in, you're in it for a long enough time frame. You, like that's the mindset you have to have. You have to have, I'm going to get in, I'm going to stay in for five, 10 years. And you'll find that that time horizon grows by decades once you get more comfortable with Bitcoin. Um, but you, it may be wise to get a chunk and then DCA after that at, at this um, point. So Marty, you're being trolled because you mispronounced Croesus BTC's name. Um, I just want to say that if you're going to create a NIM and you're going to create a NIM that's hard to pronounce, like you can go fuck yourself if we butcher that name. Like we try our best here at TFTC. We we I do butcher a lot of pronunciations. Creatius? It's Creasus. It's Creasus. Everyone's making fun of you, Marty, on the in the live chat. Well, um, I hope you're getting enjoyment thing, out of this. And then the other thing, <laughs> the other thing I wanted to say is like, yeah, this is exactly what we discussed. The three of us on Dispatch is is. 6102 Bitcoin asked us straight up. He was like, new user, what do you put? Do you put 75% of your cash on hand, 50% of your cash on hand, then start stacking? Like, what's the number? And the truth of the matter is no one has an exact number. It depends on your personal situation. But what I have found um, is, is that the beauty of, of the stack mentality is that you actually get off zero. Like the problem is, is if you're like, if you're in the mentality, like I'm going to put 90% of my funds on hand all in, um, you're just going to be waiting for this bullshit dip that never comes. Uh, but if you're just putting in a, a if, you, if you take that amount that you're willing to put in on a yearly basis and you divide that uh, by 52 for a weekly buy or 365, 
um, then you're willing to put it in. It's a way smaller amount. If the price corrects 15%, 20%, you're not going to really be phased by it. And let's talk about like long-term, long-term, we're talking way bigger numbers. Um, so if you get in, I know it sounds weird to say it, but if you get in at 38,000 versus getting in 58,000 or getting in at 78,000 or getting in at 120,000, probably doesn't fucking matter. And yes, this sounds crazy, but to be honest, I was in rooms with people telling them, you know, if you get in at 3,000 or 5,000 or 8,000 or 19,000, it doesn't fucking matter. And they laughed me out of the fucking room. And who's laughing now? You are, Matt. We are. Ha ha. Hi, <laughs> haters. No, it's. It's uh, so I've been uh, participating in the, the the weekly Bitcoin meetup on Clubhouse, and that's actually been a very, uh, very like illuminating and a like, great experience because the crowd on Clubhouse is just learning about Bitcoin. And so, uh, shout out to Alex Thorne, G, uh, Terrence Yang, uh, a bunch of others that are participating to that effort, particularly, uh, and, and it's incredible because it's a bunch of people looking to learn and you're, you're you're having to sort of explain bitcoin from first principles and break it down for people and uh that actually came up in discussion last night like how do you get people into stacking sats um and how do you do it responsibly and like the, the consensus there too is like shield lightly um, a good way to to do it is to pay somebody bitcoin because then they don't feel like they bought it and it feels like it was given to them um and have them track the price over time and uh, that'll naturally pique their interest. But yeah, in terms of trying to time the market, just get a little bit and then keep buying as you get more comfortable with it. hundred percent. Should we get into the list? Um, yes. The OCC letter. We discussed this earlier today. Um, in our, during our conversation with Jack. So few freaks are unaware the OCC, the office, the comptroller of the currency, which I believe is the official uh, name of that acronym, uh, came out with a letter of legal permissibility, uh, basically allowing certain payment-related activities that involve the use of new technologies, including the use of independent node verification networks uh, and stable coins to engage in and facilitate payment activities, basically saying it's legally permissible for banks to use uh by saying independent node verification systems, blockchains is what it's being read as, um, as alternatives to uh, money transfer systems like SWIFT or ACH um, or any of the other tech they use for for moving money. So I thought that was pretty big news. There is a focus on stable coins and basically enabling that use case. Um, but I think I thought this was overall pretty bullish. And you said it was more um, before uh, I before I completely disagree with Marty. Um, he uh, he he messed up the Periscope stream, so we don't have a stream on Twitter right now. So if you're a freak watching this on on uh, on YouTube, I just That's... dropped the link that I, I I tweeted it out, and I dropped the link into our YouTube chat. So if you could retweet that for us, uh, we would really appreciate it, freaks, just to get get that link out there. Um, it's it's underneath the the 30 minute warning tweet that we did. Um, yeah, to to the OCC, uh, I mean everything is good for Bitcoin. You know, and I think we had a really good conversation about this with with Jack, who has a company who, you know, this this has real implications for him going forward, um, how how these governments respond to using the Bitcoin network. Um, I just think this was very much, you know, we're entering we're entering the bull market. 
Um, when we enter the bull market, what happens is there's a lot of bullshit news that happens that people hype the fuck out of. And I'm not saying it's not good for Bitcoin, but I'm saying like Twitter freaks out. Everyone gets super excited. Jeremy Allaire sends out his tweet thread, you know, blah, blah, blah. And everyone really gets excited and starts talking their book. And I think ultimately this was a blockchain news. This was a, a shit coin news. You know, this was the Coinbase chief lawyer becomes the head of the OCC. And of course, he greenlights USDC stablecoin, which is like the two main proponents are Circle and Coinbase. Like who would have fucking guessed? Like I'm not surprised. And I'm, I'm not saying that it's not, it's not, it's good for Bitcoin. Everything is good for Bitcoin, but there's different scales, right? Like, is this more bullish than Whirlpool breaking 2000 Bitcoin? You know, like, is this, is this more bullish um, than, than Bitcoin core new release candidate coming out? You know, like, like there should be layers here. And I think it got overhyped. I just think it got way overhyped. And I think for the actual practical Bitcoiner, that's not like running a, a business or anything like it really if anything, the FinCEN anti-news is worse than this OCC thing. Like I, I could, I could, I could give two shits if if these so-called stable coins have a semi-green light to be run by banks. I'm okay with the uh, the no news from FinCEN, and I'm going to push back. Like so, I think yes, this uh, legal permissibility, um, whatever they're calling it was aimed and written with stable coins and ERC20 tokens and KYC tokens in mind. I don't, I'll concede that up front, but the vagueness of the term independent node verification networks leaves open a, a basically a way for Bitcoin to start ingratiating itself in the b banking system. And I think the properties of Bitcoin are such that the banks can go try to use those all their networks and they may be successful with them but in terms of moving collateral around the world and having final sediment relatively quickly i think it's becoming glaringly obvious that the bitcoin network is the safest most secure most liquid network to do that on so even though it may be focused on stable coins and uh, other blockchain initiatives i think the vagueness of the term independent node verification network which includes bitcoin opens up the the doors for innovative banks if they exist to start tinkering with saying. this they, they don't like what we're like we're gonna what you think like this occ news is what stops Citibank from letting me withdraw sats from my fucking checking account i could see like, fidelity messing with it i could see fidelity taking that and but but this news doesn't change what fidelity's been doing maybe it will now maybe it would maybe it's like hey we, we get permission to create a new rail that competes with swift it's a pretty big addressable market. Maybe I didn't feel confident. I'm not saying that. Yeah, I don't look, know. Look, there's going to be many news stories this year that people are going to say are extremely bullish for Bitcoin. And I'm not against going along with that narrative. You know, I'm fine with it. Pump my bags. But I just I don't. It's It's just not something that gets me out of bed. It's not something that I think is like really that much of a game changer. Um, and I, I really, I really have very little doubts that the U.S. government is fine with regulated entities participating with other regulated entities uh, with their compliance pro Bitcoin. You know, like that's not, you know, or their compliance pro stablecoin. Like they're completely fine with that. And I, I, it is not a risk. I do not. There, there is, there is pretty much zero chance in my mind 
that regulated compliance bro Bitcoin gets banned. You know, the, the, the risk is, is, is a tax on sovereign Bitcoin usage. And I do not think that this, this announcement has any, has any effect whatsoever on sovereign Bitcoin usage. I would agree. I would agree. But in terms of being forced to use Bitcoin, even on traditional rails, I think it opens the door to that because it is a superior money transfer protocol compared to Swift and transfer wise and ACH and all that bullshit. hundred percent. But if anything like strike, I mean, and the freaks we'll see with our, with our conversation yesterday, which uh, tomorrow, which we had today, um, it's getting released tomorrow morning. Um, I think like a, a, an innovative company like strike um, that is leveraging those rails to basically eat the existing financial institutions lunch encourages the, the adoption of Bitcoin as a payment rail. Exactly. Way more than any OCC clarity bullshit, whatever, right? Well, like it's like a way, it's a way bigger, it's a way bigger incentive. Well, it's actually, it's a, it's a strong incentive versus just a. Well, maybe the OCC announcement gives strike the opportunity to become a bank at one point in the future because they're allowed to transfer money that way. I don't know if that's what they want to do, but it's all good. Everything's good for Bitcoin. I think we agree. I think we agree actually. Uh, on this particular thing, so per- yeah. Hashtag, so the- hashtag, I think we agree. It's like the, <laughs> my favorite part about RHR. I think we agree on this. Uh, this has began a lot of hype. Uh, Marathon Patent Group and DMG Blockchain Solutions are, are teaming up to form a digital currency miners in North America (DCMNA) and launch North America's first cooperative mining pool. Uh, a lot of people going crazy about this. I've been getting hit up about this. Like, oh, is Great American Mining going to be contributing to this pool? No, we don't plan yeah, on it. They are. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, great American Mining Pool, Cuck Miners. Cuck, we're the Cuck Miners of the world. No, no. I mean, you guys aren't, right? You guys are standing. No, no. So, I mean, I'd be interested to see how much, if they have the 8% or 7.6% of the total network hash rate and we're able to bootstrap a pool like this, but yeah, so the gist of it for any of you freaks who are out of the know or maybe new to Bitcoin, so this uh, mining pool, which are used to to aggregate hash rate between a bunch of smaller miners. So that, And the, the point of that is that so they can get more consistent payouts so they can keep the bills going and, and reinvest in their uh, operations. So this one group of miners, I believe Riot Blockchain's involved, Marathon Patent Group um, is buying a, a, a ton of miners. Wait, I don't think, is Riot involved? I thought they were. Let me check. I, I know it's Mara plus DMG um, and DMG you stated, and I had never heard of them, but I shouldn't have heard of them. You stated you had never heard of of, uh, of DMG. Um but Mara is big. I mean, they're they're a publicly traded company, right? Like they 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 really do have the hash rate they say they have, right? Like that's like a big deal that Marathon joined this uh, pro censorship pool. Yeah, I mean, they have some hash rate, and they've bought a lot of ASICs. Whether or not they've plugged them in yet is yet to be I don't determined. Think they have. Um, so that's it's a very crucial part of um, <laughs> of. of Actually, doing anything that hash rate before they hatch. Um, so yeah. So long story short, this pool is trying to say, "Hey, we're going to be compliant," meaning they're going to have a white list of addresses and look for certain transactions. 
um, and and not and mine. mine those transactions. Yeah, which. So all right, so let's go through the the attack vectors of mining pools in this certain situation. So this is in this situation, Marathon Group would simply um, mine blocks with uh, and fill it with transaction transactions minus a list of transactions that are deemed dirty by OFAC or other regulators. So they would mine that block and potentially be less profitable, especially if those transactions that they're ignoring are come with bigger fees. But in that scenario, they can mine that block, be added to the blockchain, and then another pool could build on top of that block and include those transactions, which isn't a big deal. It's just for this particular mining pool, it's unfortunate for them and their uh, customers at scale. And if this, and this, so that's another discussion, but first, like at scale, could potentially become less profitable compared to other pools. So you're, you're not really doing your clients a service there. Um, but however, like you can miners, if they want to mining pools, if, honestly, if they want to, they can do it. And people are willing to uh, point their hash at that particular pool. Like that will happen when you get in, but there'll still be other mining pools willing to mine the, the dirty transactions um, where you really get into trouble. Whoa. Yeah. It, quote, I put Marty. quotes. Yeah, but no one can see it in the podcast. He did quotes, dirty transactions. Don't, did. We don't use their. We don't use their. I'm breaking the fourth wall, but we don't. We don't use their terminology. My bad. Yes. I've never use their terminology. What they deem to be um, uncouth <laughs> transactions. Where you get to problems is if these pools garnered enough hash rate and they started reorging on blogs or blogs blocks that included um, the uncouth transactions. Um, but again, you'd have to amass a crazy amount of hash rate to, to be able to pull off that attack. It's a very expensive attack due to the probabilistic nature of mining blocks. You'd have to have a lot of balls and take on a lot of risk, upfront capital risk, to pull that off. Because even if you are successful reworking a block and the rest of the network realizes that and then reorgs you and uh, you get into this whole well, weird situation that's very expensive. So, Well, let's unpack it for a little bit here. Like... Um... On a practical level, like on a practical level, I think um, what we see in the short term here is we see these mining pools, these regulated mining pools that are supposed to be pro-compliance. Um, we, we, we see it almost as them just covering their ass, right? So they, they mentioned this clean block initiative. They're not going to mine any blocks that have offending transactions per the U.S. regulations. Um and they're going to have full auditable books, right? So when it comes down to payouts and whatnot, you'll have like a you know, Ernst and Young or something, you know, like one of the big four auditing firms will will say you actually made this money. And so to a degree, it kind of makes sense for the large North American miners to do that. That is fine because the majority of miners aren't a part of that mining pool and, and other miners um, ideally more self-sovereign miners that are mining without providing KYC information or located globally um, will go and mine transactions that this compliance mining pool won't mine. Um, and, and this compliance pool will just ignore that fact and just keep building on that same blockchain um, that everyone is, has global consensus for. Um, and, and that's one of the beauties of the transaction fee becoming the main driver of minor revenue because miners will have a direct incentive to include transactions that have higher fees on them. 
um, and transactions that are getting censored will just in start increasing their fee to make sure that they get included. Now, the concern is, is that at a certain level of um, usage, like if, 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 if this mining pool ever got any kind of real uh, domination on total global hash rate, that then they could start also attacking so-called non-compliant miners and try and and reorg their blocks and and compete with them and, and just push out any offending transactions according to them, right? But in the short term, it's probably just there's they're not gonna like be outwardly attacking other miners. It's one of those things that if you let it stew and you let it like get worse and worse, we could end up in a situation where a couple mining pools together that have like 75% of the hash rate are actively attacking the self-sovereign pools. Um, and that, that could get really messy really quickly um, for anyone who values Bitcoin for censorship resistance properties. Yes. So you take that into consideration. Then you also have to take into consideration how easy it is to move. So just think about the whole game theory and, and how stakeholders would act and react. It's really easy to switch between mining pools. You just switch your hash rate over to one. So they're, again, arguably the non-compliant pools will be more profitable because they're more willing to to ban these transactions and then like in okay if they're banning OFAC list transactions now all right that sort of makes sense they're like terrorism quotes terrorism uh they're worried about that but we've seen the slippery slope of the state and when they enact wars on certain things like right now it's terrorism but are they gonna blacklist uh, an address because somebody bought a dime bag with bitcoin well um, we don't use the term blacklist anymore Yes, I'm sorry. Um, a a block list. The uh, so take that into consideration, and then if something like Stratum V2, which shout out to Square Crypto, I don't think we had this on the list. They they uh, sent out an, a grant to an anonymous developer. I forget the uh, string of letters and numbers <laughs> off the top of my head, but uh, this this developer is going to be dedicated. Uh, on working on Stratum V2 and getting getting this mining pool protocol to market, um, and, and hopefully in a way in which miners uh, receive it well, because this would actually throw a whole wrench in the um, the endeavor of of this particular mining pool, which wants to KYC every miner. So you have the the central pool taking responsibility for that KYC AML compliance, um, and that's because they're constructing the blocks and then divvying up the the reward. Uh, but theoretically, if something like Stratum V2 gets implemented, that that, that 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 dynamic switches where the individual miners within the pool are able to um, construct the block template and then set the, the motions in place to have the rewards divvied up. So in that scenario, where you really don't have a central authority doing the block construction and everybody is sort of doing it in a very distributed way, uh, you'd have to have every individual miner KYC AML, every other miner, and in, in within the pool contributing hash rate to that pool. So that's like a logistically impossible task. I would I mean, say. So, so the current situation we're at right now, um, and I apologize to the freaks if if you hear in the background paper crumbling. Uh, it's it's my lady is building a fire behind me. I, uh, so, so right now the, we have like a, basically we have a loose game theory. 
So we so we have we have these mining pools and they're these centralized operators and they provide a centralized uh, vulner they they provide a, a centralized point of control where they're constructing the blocks as Marty said and they can be pressured into doing into doing these kind of censorship things because they're known they're known entities you know um, we have on the list that brains just uh, did a you know they they took slush pools they bought bought out slush. Uh, to have full slush pool control. They're public actors. They know, everyone knows who they are. They have books, they have, they have bank accounts, they live somewhere, their governments know where they're located, and they could be potentially pressured. And the loose game theory we have is that the individual miners can then opt out. If, if, if slush pool or BTC pool or something, btc.com pool, one of these pools acts out, those miners can switch. But the problem is they can only switch after the fact. So it's kind of like a Mexican standoff type of situation where there, where where there's the threat that they could leave if the mining pool acts out, but it only happens after any kind of negligence happens on the miner side and any on, on the mining pool side. Stratum B2 completely changes that dynamic. So we could have in a stratum B2 type of situation, we could have uh, one or two pools. But because all the miners, the individual miners are, are going back and they're the ones that are actually constructing the blocks, um, it completely takes away that central point of failure, that, that, that pinch point where regulators are able to hit them and, and compel them to do these types of censorship. Yeah. So, I, I'm, so Stratum V2 is sort of a, a extrapolation on Matt Corallo's Better Hash protocol, which have been covering for feels like a couple of years now and again shout out to square crypto for um funding a, a developer to focus on that and shout out to the brains team uh number one pavel and jan and uh everybody else at brains they do incredible work to get the pool going and then on top of that the firmware and um they announced a couple of weeks ago that they're getting into uh hash rate markets which is going to be interesting to see but yeah it's it's uh it's and they've been working on stratum v2 so um got to give a huge shout out to them like this stuff that many people don't think about a lot but has like a profound impact on the game theory and, and bitcoin's robustness i think strata v2 would be a huge win so like again that's what i try to get out in the newsletter today like well even though the price is ripping don't get complacent there's still there's still plenty to get done so let's, I mean, let's take this back, right? You know, we've only just begun this episode, but let's take it back. Like, this is why, like, the OCC news doesn't really get me going, you know? So, yeah. so, so, so if we got Stratum V2 integrated in a couple major pools, even if we just got it integrated in Slush, which is a smaller pool, but they're, they, they fight the good fight. They, they have a fantastic reputation. I expect them to do it first. Maybe we'll have Blockstream's pool get involved in the beginning. Like, we get, we get real, um usage practical usage of stratum b2 that is bullish as fuck that is way more bullish than this occ news if, if any i mean i love taproot as much as the next guy stratum b2 might be more important short term than taproot like mining has always historically been like one of our big vulnerabilities like this idea that we have to get past this critical mass point um but you know before we have have proper state resistance Yes. Um, and I think Stratum V2 takes us a long fucking way towards that goal. Yeah. It's, yeah, again, the little fine details that, that make huge difference. And, and in the Stratum V2 world, maybe not all 
individual miners constructor out blocks. So honestly, like a lot of miners wouldn't feel comfortable doing that and don't feel like they're up to snuff. Um, so they would actually, they could even take a template from uh, something like a slush pool or anybody wants to offer it. Uh, however, the, the enable it, enablement of that will lead to, like, like I imagine we would construct our own blocks at Great American Mining if if we're contributing to a Strata V2 pool. Well, I mean, uh, the way I look at it is like, is exactly the way I look at privacy and Bitcoin usage. And we've talked about this on the pod, right? Um, is that you build the tools so they're available, right? And really, let's be honest, like the Stratum V2 uh, adoption will only really happen after one of these relatively larger miners fucks with their miners, like fucks yeah. with the individual users of their pool. And once that happens, like miners learn, you know, they got burnt. They learn, they saw the loss of income, they saw this attack happen, and then they they take their sovereignty into their own hands. Not directly, um, not the same exact scenario you laid out, but we had something similar where you had the, the profit switching after the Bitcoin cash fork and you have pools going back and forth between the SHA-256 chains. And there was discussions around then um, because the individual miners within the pools didn't agree with the switching. So, um, but they didn't really act that much. They, they kept going along with it from what I remember. So fascinating stuff to think about. Um, yeah. Shout out to Square Crypto for getting that grant out there. Shout out to Brain Slush for, yeah, so that's another thing. Like people call it slush pool. And that's what's it's the first pool, uh, Bitcoin mining pool ever created. I believe it was called something like GMNX or something. It was, wasn't called slush pool to begin with, but gentleman goes by the name of slush created that and wound up creating Satoshi Labs, which creates the, the treasure hardware devices. But slush has been focusing mainly on Trezor for about seven years now. I think he gave the reins to Jan and Pavel. Uh, at Brains in like 2013 or something like that. So they've. They used to be, they were called Bitcoin.cz because it was Czech yeah, Republic. That's what it was. It's yeah. a fantastic domain name. <laughs> right. But everyone colloquially knew it as Slush's Pool and yeah. Slush Pool. Yeah. Um, and then I guess in 20, is that what you just said? In 2013, he, he, yeah. he sold the majority of it. And then I guess he's officially transferring over um, full time focus onto Trezor and. Uh, the different projects they have going on over there. Uh, the main one being their their attempted open source secure element. And what do they call it? Tropic, uh, Tropic I something. Can't recall it off the top of my head. But that, um, yeah, it'll be. Ex- I mean, like we said, it's it's pretty miraculous that Slush Pool was the first pool and still around. If if you pay attention to the mining pool industry especially historically throughout the lifetime of bitcoin has been pretty pretty ruthless and cutthroat Um, we've seen many of the biggest mining pools rise and fall ghash was actually one that that really tested like the some of the game theory watched out uh walked out um, yeah peter todd sold uh half his coins uh rumored satoshi sold half his coins on the gcash uh Ghash, yeah. G-hash, so Gcash, Ghash FUD. So I believe this um, was, was in that? like was, 2014, maybe. It was. We were in the bear. We were in the bear of the of last cycle. Um, we count that as last, yeah, last cycle. Um, and uh, they, they reached like 52 or 53 percent or something. It's two cycles ago. Um, why? Because last bear market was like. 2018 uh oh i guess we just finished a cycle and now we're yeah. here 
Yeah. And now we get, we used to not be allowed in the building. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so two cycles ago, I guess, like uh, Peter Todd had this post on Reddit um, where he called Todd, you know, and, and, and this is, you know, in the history of Bitcoin, you can just always just, if anyone calls top, you can just shit on them. And, and <laughs> Even Peter Todd? I don't know if he's be shitting on Peter Todd. Look, I had good obsec back then. I shitted on him with a nim. Um, <laughs> but uh, I remember the G hash concern and it was a real concern. I mean, they had like 54, 55%. And the real issue with G hash at the time was they had cloud mining. So, uh, a large amount of their hash rate wasn't individual miners that controlled their own ASICs. It was it was miners that were paying Ghash and Ghash controlled the ASICs. So Ghash had like full control over uh, those miners. But fortunately, that was only a subset. That turned out to be like 20, 30 percent. And the majority of the individual miners uh, finally got their act together because Bitcoin was at threat and Peter Todd talked shit and they moved over and it worked. Yeah. No, it was interesting too because I think the Ghash operators like hey we we, we don't want 53 percent of the network hash rate or whatever it was at the time and they like like offered ways to, like mitigate the amount of hash rate they would take on and people just left in mass and it killed that business to um, be clear we want peter todd on tftc I yes peter love that dude we would love to have you on here so peter, I, just, I just i want to put that out there peter if you're watching you're 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 uh a character one of my favorite in-person bitcoin stories to tell i was pointing out the uh the time clock in union square that i thought was a deck clock a young naive marty young <sighs> and dumb a lot of people think it's a deck clock marty oh, i i certainly did in this particular situation it was very embarrassing uh the iranians are are getting into some mining trouble here the government's starting to crack down what is going like iran and the mining news feels like there's something new every every week and this is like so they're cracking down on illegal i guess they're trying to get everything above board right now um so they closed 1620 illegal mining farms that were taking up 250 megawatts of electricity it's uh it's nothing to scoff at so first of all um i hate that it says crypto mining farms let's let's be real here the majority of them are probably bitcoin mining farms um yeah, I mean, look, this is the concern, right? Uh, you know, we see in Iran, we see in Venezuela, we see what happens when authoritarians uh, turn against Bitcoin mining and try and make it regulated activity. Um, and and this is the result. The result is if you don't play ball um, with those authorities, they're going to try and seek you out. And the main, the two main ways they do it um, is through opsec fuckups on the on uh, uh, just in general. Um, particularly on the like connecting to pool side and, and interacting with Bitcoin and then also power usage. Um, and the, the power usage thing is, is, is one of the nice things about stranded, uh, stranded energy is that you're, you're not connecting to a power grid where they can see draw, uh, but they can still, I mean, I don't know how sophisticated Iran is, but I mean, we've seen in America uh, with power usage is another big thing for growing wheat. And we've seen them fly, they fly planes and drones and stuff with thermal cameras to, to, to seek it out. I mean, I, I really doubt Iran's doing that, but theoretically that would be like another concern for, for black market mining operations, right? I, want, I wouldn't be surprised if they're doing that. No, yeah. This is something Steve Barber likes to focus on a lot. I think in the future, it's going to be all these 
small distributed mining operations like less 100%. than less than 500 kilowatt ops just spread across the world because everybody tries to crack down on it i hope it doesn't get to that point there's a lot of good benefits of of doing mining the correct way um the correct way marty yeah the correct way like allowing peer-to-peer transactions to be propagated um i don't know uh, you sounded like you were defending establishment mining no 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 I mean, like, correct in the way it was intended by Satoshi. Um, so, what, so my theory is, is the reason we'll see it distribute is because there is an incentive for a sovereign miner to mine at a loss for KYC free sats. So, so, but the problem is, is that ASIC life cycles like aren't really long enough yet to make it like practical. They're getting there. But I think like on a long enough time scale. If, 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 like, for me personally, like, if, if I could get to a point where I could mine on my own at a 10% loss, loss in quotes, like, I would do that just because I have a steady flow of sats that, that, that are private sats, right? And I, and a big corporation won't do that. A big corporation needs at least, you know, the most tiny margin ever to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to dissect that right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there will certainly be sovereigns mining at a loss if. But they have they have a competitive advantage there, right? Um, yeah, if they're willing to eat the loss and they're relatively small, yeah, they can they'll be able to hide in in the nooks and crannies. And they can also use. I mean, the, the another issue once again is the is 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 the is the asic life cycles but we've seen them grow and 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 elongate here and uh the 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 sovereign miners can can better capture excess waste like uh yeah. not waste energy not waste energy waste heat so so you could have a situation like a warehouse full of miners you can't capture that waste heat but if 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 you're running four asics or whatever in your building's boiler um, and you're capturing that excess heat to heat the building or eat your heat your home. Um, it's easier to capture that on a smaller scale in general. It has a diseconomies of scale in terms of capturing that excess heat. Yeah. So you get, when you talk about like a highly efficient market, which will be the global Bitcoin mining marketplace, it'll be the most efficient market we've ever seen. Um, if you can get like a couple like 1% or 2% advantage there as a sovereign miner, be that KYC free sats and excess heat, then maybe there's like a, there's like, it seems like a strong incentive there for it to distribute in my mind. Yeah. It seems like shipping containers may be a great way to sort of capture, contain and move that heat. Um, yeah. I mean, that's the way it's going, but why not have both? Like, Oh, we will have both. I'm just saying that uh, I, I think we'll see sovereign mining happen more as, yeah. as, as it, as it matures, as the whole ecosystem matures. 100%. People uh, just want to do it for the novelty to be able to say they mine. They don't mind spending three grand on an ASIC and just plugging it in. But like the mining, the, the evolution of Bitcoin mining is really fucking cool, right? Because you have all sovereign miners and then you have like this ASIC revolution, right? And then like here, we are here. Right. And it's like this, this ASIC revolution, corporate miner revolution, where like, like we have these massive mining farms. And I think like the next step is like we move back, back towards the sovereign mining. Yeah. And that'll come with the commodification of ASICs as you're 
alluding to here, like the, the physics of uh, how small they can actually make the nanometers on the chip is, is hitting its limits. So once you have that happen, I believe five nanometer uh, factories are, are like cutting edge right now. Um, once you hit that, that threshold where you can't really make step function improvements to the efficiency of the actual ASIC chips, that's when you'll see a commodification of that market, which will lead to what you just described more, more people at home drive down the price. And then you have to really focus on OPEX, like making sure it doesn't overheat and being able to control an operation with very few people, very little overhead. Are you talking with the freaks in the chat? What are they saying? Yes, <laughs> I am. We're um, uh, BR, which I, I, it's just weird at name, um, tricked me. And he said all-time high during, uh, new all-time high during rabbit hole recap. So I went and checked and it's not a new all-time high yet. So stack harder freaks. What the fuck guys? 39.825 just went up 35 bucks. Uh, Alluded to our conversation with Jack already. Strike Global was announced yesterday. Uh, and so last week we talked about our boy Ross decided to get paid uh, half his paychecks in Bitcoin. Strike is helping him do that by auto dumping 50% of the cuck bucks he makes per paycheck into Bitcoin and sending it to cold storage. That was pretty big news last week. This week strikes back again. Uh, with their global product, which allows individuals all over the world to send value basically instantly at no cost right now. And so you can send U.S. dollars uh, to a friend in Portugal and they can receive euros via the Strike app. There's no dealing with the interbank, international interbank bullshit. Uh, He uses Bitcoin in between to make it all seamless, uh, impossible, and uses Lightning as well. So you're basically selling usd for bitcoin that bitcoin's getting transferred to another wallet uh, that's then getting exchanged for euros that end up at your counterparts strike app instantly it's pretty insane johnny knives just asked us or he didn't ask it was a statement uh we're not allowed to end the pod unless we hit all-time high so um freaks if you value Oof. your time uh you will stack harder um yeah i mean i'm super bullish on this strike global announcement um, I think people miss that this is not competing with self-sovereign Bitcoin transactions. This is for our fiat friends uh, who are still in a fiat mentality and still receive their fiat paycheck and have no desire to move to sats yet, but want to interact with the broader Bitcoin economy or want to just send money abroad. Um, so in that respect, this is a game changer. Um, he's using Bitcoin to essentially uh, leverage regulatory arbitrage against uh, his fintech competitors, uh, including our sponsor Cash App. Uh, so it's pretty cool to see. Um, if you're interested in this, like I didn't want to waste much more time on this because we had a fucking fire ass conversation with Jack. Uh, it's like an hour and 45 minutes and, it, and Marty's going to drop it tomorrow morning for you freaks. Yes. Subscribe. Be ready to listen to that. Be ready to listen to it. Um, this is actually this is pretty interesting news. Came out of nowhere this week. Pretty big news. Blockstream Jade, a new uh, Bitcoin hardware wallet that's hit the market. Uh, I'm going to test one out. Get my hands on one. They're using the M5 stack, aren't they? Yeah, that's kind of cool. That's yeah. my favorite part. 
So you can just, we've talked about the M5 stack before for the freaks. Yeah, I think um, in relation to the BitBoy, correct? It wasn't Justin using the M5 stack for that I as mean, well? Just in relation to it's fucking cool. Yeah. You know, it's like Legos, but hardware. Um, it's pretty open and you can just mix and match different hardware elements and create devices with it. Um, so Blockstream makes it easy for you to just install what is necessary onto that open platform to have your own hardware wallet, or you can buy theirs. Um, it's interesting, you know, it's cheap, it's just fantastic. Um, the main goal seems to be is Blockstream just is trying to dog food um, their own products and they're, they're, you know, they need things for, for liquid. So it's, it's, it's directly compatible with Green Wallet, which already has liquid compatibility and liquid asset compatibility. Um, you know, I mean, the freaks could guess, like I'm more excited about using it in like a type of multi-sig. And I think what's really cool about it is it's cheap, really cheap. Uh, it does not have a secure element. Um, so it's more similar to Trezor in terms of trade-off balance um, than something like cold card. Um, but in a multi-sig, it could be a very useful signer. Now, the issue is, frustratingly enough, with where Blockstream's direction has been, their focus isn't on it. There's no concrete plan to integrate PSBTs. Uh, I assume they're going to because they're not idiots over there. They're, they're literally, they're quite literally geniuses. Right. Um, but there's no plans for PSBTs right now. So I ask why let's make that happen. The second concern I have is that they have Bluetooth integrated, which I understand why they do is because the only way for green wallet to integrate with a hardware wallet, historically speaking, or the easiest way on iPhone, because iPhone doesn't allow you to plug something in via USB cable is through Bluetooth low energy. This is what uh, Ledger did. Uh, with their Ledger Nano X, um, because on on Android you can just plug it in through the USB, but I, Apple locks it down, so you have to use Bluetooth. But you don't, because the Jade, their hardware wallet, is a QR first device. It has a camera on the back. It has QR codes on the front. So why the fuck did you put Bluetooth in it? Just make the whole thing QR codes. Make it comply with the PSBT standard. Users can use it with Green Wallet and Liquid if they want, or they can add it into their signer mix on Spectre Wallet. Like that's that's the game plan here. Like that that's what it should be. It should be just another signer on Spectre Wallet, in my opinion. And it should just everything should go through QR codes and it shouldn't have Bluetooth. So that's my two cents. Um, but it's nice to see another. We basically here now 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 that we have relatively easy self-sovereign multisig between Spectre and also Sparrow and Caravan, all these different um, coordinators, multi-sig coordinator libraries. What we need now is we need more signers. Like if, if you talk about trying to create a three of five and not depend on a single hardware manufacturer, it's very difficult. Right. It's very difficult to have like the, the appropriate number of signers. So I want to see all these different companies release signers that are PSBT compatible so people can mix and match. Mix and match. I like that. I agree with that completely. You think uh, the key, uh, non-PSPT compatibility has anything to do with Liquid? Is that like mixed up with it? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. They have a screen, they have a camera. Why wouldn't they incorporate? There seems to be a standard developing now too. Um, because the focus is this is the green wallet hardware wallet. 
And they, I think they're providing it so cheap because the idea is that it's like you provide it as a loss and then they like make their money off of liquid and green wallet and the ecosystem or whatever, right? It's, it's the old mentality of looking at hardware wallets. We're entering the new mentality where they're all interoperable signing devices and they need to have PSBT as a standard. I do not doubt that they will, but it was disappointing that it wasn't a hard goal in the, if not completely supported to begin with in the announcement. So it may be PSBT compatible. We just, it's just not. It definitely isn't. They would have already said it was if it was, but okay. it, it could be very easily in the future if they fucking put their mind to it. Yeah. But in terms of, yeah, I mean, even if they do want it to be part of their like business stack on top of green wallet, like that doesn't, why would that have anything to do on the decision to go Bluetooth or QR code? Um, yeah, it looks like a cool product. But the Bluetooth, the Bluetooth is is if you're thinking if you're thinking from a traditional point of view on iPhone compatibility on a hardware wallet, you're thinking Bluetooth. Up until this point, the only hardware wallet that was supported on Green Wallet iPhone was the new Ledger. Yeah, because it had Bluetooth. Yeah, so that's probably where it came from, and my guess is the camera got added after the fact. Mm. Right. It's like Could then all awesome. of a sudden they were like about to release. They saw the, they saw like, oh, cameras and shit. And they like put it on the back and they're like, we'll update the software later. Because it, it doesn't have QR support out of the gate, even though it has a camera on the back. It's non-functional out of the gate, let alone PS. It does not have PSPT support, but it also does not have QR support. Um, yeah. Beware, freaks. Beware. Again, I'm going to test it out. We'll see how it goes. Bitcoin Core version zero. 0.21.0 RC5 release candidate five. That's what RC stands for. Has been released. Fifth release candidate. Um, they skipped over release candidate four due to a Max Mac OS code signing issue. But yeah, when are we dropping the zero before? 21? I think when it's no longer a release candidate. Okay. Um. So this was released earlier today. So, so this is a testing release. Yes, because the major probably release. the final testing release, but we'll yeah. see. Yeah. So um, if you want to help and test it out, uh, we have a link in the show notes. Yes. Um, go test it out. We need more testers, more reviewers, more feedback. Oh, this is awesome. We got Ben in the comments. Um, so I was wrong. It won't be this release. It'll be the next release, 22.0. Okay. When they drop the leading zero. Ben, thank you for joining us in the comments so we don't have to correct ourselves a week later. We yeah, appreciate you. We don't have to ask you to respond to our tweets. You can just respond to us in real time and let That's us know fantastic. we're stupid. Thank Look you. At this. We live in the future. This is incredible. I'm in Mars. I'm already, I made it to Mars already. I told Elon, I'm not waiting for you, brother. Hashtag Boomer Marty. <laughs> Boomer Marty's in, in full effect today. Uh, Spectre is a major release, version 1.0.0. Came out, so I think the first major release, correct? Yeah. Prospective yep, desktop. They dropped to zero. Congratulations to our other Ben. The Bens in Bitcoin are just fucking killing it. A lot of good Bens. Um, ben Davenport, yeah. Kaufman, so big release or Ben Carman. What other Bens and, do you have? And and Ben, Ben, uh, Ben, that doesn't tell you anything. Ben Kaufman uh, joined me for the Bitcoin Magazine event, which was fantastic. Yeah. Go check that out. You've been... <laughs> All over the content this week, brother. No, no sleep, twenty twenty one. Let's fucking go. And we're not sleeping all year. What What's our twenty twenty one? Is this when you grow your beard and your hair out? 
Oh yeah, the comments are saying we also have MMA Ben Ben Askren. Oh yes, uh, he's a shit corner though. Uh, yeah. Okay, I guess. I mean, he's coming around. Is he yeah, though? You can't. Ben. He doesn't have listening. his own token. I don't know. I, there's different levels. There is different levels. Yes, he's a Bitcoin bull. How about Ben Roethlisberger? <laughs> Why'd you suggest that, Aristotle? Ben Roethlisberger. I wouldn't be surprised if he stacked. That's another thing. All the athletes talking about Bitcoin this week. No. Tobias Roethlisberger Harris. Roethlisberger has no sats. Yeah. Prove me wrong, Ben. <laughs> Prove us wrong. Well, how, how about Mark Matt Barkley dropping Satoshi's uh, in the Bills game this week? And then the Bills tweeting it out. It's getting into the culture, freaks. It's getting into the culture. Bitcoin's not going away. We have sats are going. Dropping sats, Matt. I know you want to say the whole thing, but like dropping sats sounds better. Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie from the Nets. I think he might have got injured recently. I hope he's feeling okay. Yeah, it's Sats. It's not Satoshi. Satoshi sounds like a cult. It's too long. It doesn't work. Yeah. You know? Sats. It's sats. Sats are the standard. Satoshis aren't the standard. Matty Sats. That's like a great nickname. You could do you want do you want to take that nickname before Matt Barkley? No, I'm gonna leave it on the table. Are we gonna no, call him Matty Sats? That other what's his name? Uh the radio show host. Oh yes. He has at Matty Sats. Yes, Matt in uh, Seattle, correct? Mm-hmm. <sighs> correct. Yeah. Oh, we missed fully noted. Version 0.2.8 has been released. Um, so you're running fully noted. Oh, yeah, we have BTC sessions. Another Ben. Another Ben, that's true. Yeah. Um, we already talked about brains acquiring their remaining st- stake in slush pool. Coindesk bought TradeBlock. Wow, I didn't see this. It's pretty big news. Well, this was like they were like laundering companies. <laughs> it was a but the TradeBlock's main investor is Digital DC Currency C- Group. So it's a DCG <laughs> consolidation play. Yeah, and Coindesk main is owned uh, is completely owned by Coindesk. So now now TradeBlock's a wholly owned yeah. subsidiary of Coindesk, which is a wholly owned subsidiary of DCG, which was their main investor of TradeBlock. Yes, we've seen this happen before. Coinbase, Coinbase is an A16Z portfolio consolidation company. Um, we've seen that happen a couple of times throughout Bitcoin's history. Uh, we already talked about Anthony Towns. Uh, we have Ben Ark, the socialist, another big Bitcoiner. Ben, I'm sorry, Marty. I just keep cutting off Marty with Ben's that the chat room is telling us. I wish I could see the chat. Um, we we're shorting Ben Hunt, who's not a Bitcoiner. Ben, yeah, man, I can't, I can't, I can't. <laughs> Can't come to your defense anymore. You're talking nonsense these days. He's like, it's already bent. That's true. <laughs> Someone suggested that. Bent. That doesn't work. That yeah, doesn't ben, work. Ben, it's funny. It's like Ben thinks all the Bitcoin, Ben Hunt thinks all the Bitcoiners <laughs> are going to get dragged into the street and shot in the head by the government, proverbially, not um, not literally. But it's like, all right. And he's like, isn't he like into shit coins and DeFi now? Like he thinks that has a better chance. He was always he was always uh, into like the centralized token things. Um, he just doesn't realize he'll come around. He doesn't mean he he means well. He does. I'm fine with the guys who mean well and are wrong. They're just fucking wrong. They'll come around. Um, I, I I I reject the people like Raul who are like actively attempting to pump shit coins for their own bags and their own benefit. He's applying Metcast um, law to Bitcoin. How come nobody thought about that? Oh my God. I'm releasing some alpha early. I do like this one by M junior Ishoff, Ben Franklin, who ben Fra- is an honorary Bitcoiner, 
Um, Fellow Philadelphian. I think I think we can say that he would have obviously been a Bitcoiner. He would have loved Bitcoin. He would have loved it. God, other founding fathers that would have loved Bitcoin: Andrew Jackson, Thomas Jefferson, Hamilton. Not so much, I don't think. George Washington would have been broke on Bitcoin. I'm pretty sure Hamilton would have been like Veer. Well, he's the central banker, right? Hamilton liked the big banks. I like Hamilton, but I don't think he would have been a Bitcoiner. I no. liked him before the show hit. You're not a fan. You're not just like a band. It got wagon. crowded. I'm not like a fair weather. Yeah, I was a Hamilton. Yeah, I had to. I had to start fading Hamilton after that play came out. <laughs> exactly right. It sucked. It's like the same thing when Bitcoin pumps. It's like oh, I can't be the contrarian anymore. Right. It's like oh, it's now it's everyone's favorite founding father. Yeah, Matt. When's the dip coming? Um. There is no dip. What is it like the spoon or whatever in the Matrix? The spoon doesn't exist. The spoon doesn't exist. Andrew no. Jackson is definitely pro BTC. Yeah. Yeah. He would have been all over it, running full nodes. Oh, no, no, no. I know pro BTC as in like the pro BTC movement that happened. That is not like he's not really a Bitcoiner. He's like kind of fake. Andrew it. Jackson? Yeah. No, he's, Andrew... like pro, he's like the ultimate status guy. No, Andrew Jackson was the guy. Well, he may have been a status. No, he was free markets. He destroyed the first central bank. Trail of tears. Yeah, I mean that was pretty terrible. Right. <laughs> he hates the banks. I mean, I I like to think that the Native Americans at that time would be Bitcoiners, and then and he just made them trail of tears. Yeah, I mean, I'm bringing up the like, trail of tears. That was like tears. the ultimate executive power ever. Was was Andrew yeah? Jackson. I mean. Yes. Okay. But he, but he also chat, he hated central banks as well and destroyed the first central bank of America. Where's the second? The, the live chat right now is just self-congratulating themselves for derailing us. So I just want to say I appreciate all the freaks who have joined us live in the live chat. I think this live chat is the coolest is like doing these live streams is the coolest fucking thing ever. And I appreciate you all. But we have to get back onto topic. Like they they can't be satisfied here. They're just dropping. They're <laughs> just dropping one one founding father after the next over here. Hey, stop dropping founding fathers in the comments. This is so boomer. I can't read. I'm getting a new computer set up. The reason I'm not in chats right now is I think my laptop will blow up. Um, so hopefully I can join you guys next week, if not the week after. Last topic. BJ Dweck. Bitcoiner out there. Runs uh, Rude Fox. Did what is uh root fox um oh shit you just brought that up out of nowhere uh i don't know but before that came out look up what what you're thinking of um before that was released he hit me with this which is his uh chill his bitcoin chill bitcoin explained by bj dweck and yes. it's really good it's really good he was doing this private and i i among others convinced him to release it publicly so people should check it out uh, it's all on YouTube now. Um, We're going to link to really it. really good. He does a really, really good job. Yeah. And so he's working on a, that YouTube video, Intro to Bitcoin, breaking down how it works and comparing it to a traditional, traditional system and getting into even more detail than that. Incredible. He's also building a self-sovereignty stack for, for all with Bitcoin in mind. And it's rudefox.io. You guys want to check that out. He's... Um, yeah, he's got a he's got a library, cold cold storage solution, a watch, 
only wallet solution, time locked, multi-sig vault tools. He's pushing the cutting edge when it comes to to security and privacy too for for, for individuals who want to do it themselves. Do you ever do it yourself, Matthew? No, never. I, I only I only you know I, I don't trust myself with my own keys. I you know let alone run my own node or use my own node. I I just think that you know Coinbase should hold my keys for me and they should decide what Bitcoin is and I, I just feel a lot safer that way. You know. I completely agree. Brian Armstrong is a very welcoming, warm face, and you see him on the internet and his static face. There, you know, hey, I can trust this man with my money. Um, Nate said, "Freak Nate said Native Americans as Bitcoiners is a bad take." Um, and was I wrong? Was that a bad take? I don't know. I don't know. Why I'm going back to it. Um, I don't know. I'm. I feel like Native Americans are like very the ultimate self sovereigns. Very you know, low time like preference. Uh, yeah, I, I I can't speak. I'm not an expert on Native American culture. I mean, neither am I. I I mean I if I call you a Bitcoiner, by the way, historically honorary Bitcoiner, like that's the ultimate compliment. Yeah, you, like, you just gotta take compliment. it. Yeah. Good take. Thank you, Ben. Ben says Ben the Carmen says it's a good take. I have to say which Ben because there's so many of them. Um. Uh, another thing I wanted to shill because they are a freak and I've fucked it up a couple times and they shilled it the first time in in Sphinx, um, which is dope that they came into our tribe, uh, like the ultimate freak, um, is silent.link. Oh, yes. Um, and they reminded me again in the live chat, which, by the way, um, I wasn't intentionally forgetting. So that was a very effective reminder. So props to you, freak. Um, and the idea here is that you can get a eSIM uh, compatible uh, phone number uh, based in the UK uh, via Bitcoin, uh, whether that's Lightning or on chain. And 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 what is an eSIM? An eSIM is um, the modern phones nowadays. You don't actually need a SIM card. I, I know the Pixels are big on it. Uh, the Pixel phones is is you don't need a SIM card, so you can just activate that phone number on your phone. Um, the privacy implications are a little bit, uh, there's no KYC on this service. Um, but really, I mean, I, and probably if you use a physical SIM too, like once you use that phone with that phone number, you should consider that phone attached to that phone number and you, and you should buy a new phone if you, if you want to switch going forward. Beware freaks. Yes. What was that? Silent.link? Silent.link. Yeah. Um, and really also, cool service. There's someone, <laughs> there's someone in the comments that has, has the YouTube name Puppy Sale. So cheers to you. That's Puppy. Cool. My favorite TFTC meme. I think rest, now. Re- rest in peace to that, to that golden cold card. That brick. It's now a brick. It's actually now a brick. Oh, what else we got going on? I'm trying to think mm-hmm. of, I mean, haven't even touched on the, the bum rushing of the capital. I don't know if you want to. The what? The bum rushing of the capital. No, we're not. Yesterday. No, we're not. We're not. Yeah. Uh, I just, I just want to say, thank fucking God we that have no Bitcoin. politicians were assassinated after your fucking prediction last week. That's all I can say. <laughs> I was getting worried there say. yesterday. I was getting worried. Um, but let's let's not talk about that. I, I, uh, yeah. I I'd rather I'd rather 2021. We should start. Fuck the politics. No politics. Well, this is the only thing I'll say about it. I wrote about it yesterday. Is I just think it was. You literally couldn't imagine a more poetic situation 
if you're like paying attention to two storylines playing out playing out at the same time like the 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 collision of the news uh, coming from the bitcoin world over the last week whether it be um the uh, Russell Kuhn stacking sats you had Ross Stevens from Stone Ridge Capital right an incredibly uh, lucid um and very good like the content was incredible and did a great job of explaining bitcoin to his shareholders that came out and brought some legitimacy to bitcoin in the eyes of many like i looked at the returns of the stone ridge fund some of them are not like uh crazy good but for some reason or another people like to hear this type of confirmation from the institutional investor class and that 18 page description of why ross stevens is bullish on bitcoin is incredible uh, orange pill for anybody who wants to get it out there. Maybe we'll link to that in the show notes. You had that. You had Strike Global come out. Uh, mining rewards are getting back to where they were in 2017. We're at all time highs, obviously. Just becoming Bitcoin's getting win after win after win, and you literally have the the price pumping yesterday as the capital buildings getting ransacked and like the the juxtaposition of how optimistic and positive things are are for bitcoin right now compared to the withering of the incumbent system that we're so used to is it's a sign freaks like what what train do you want to get on i mean so i mean we're going to talk about we're going to talk about i guess uh to to me i I mean that's all i wanted to say i mean you can get it okay so i'm going to say what i want to say i guess uh to me i think i mean leave aside any kind of questionable scenarios based on how it all played out. Um, I think the fact Americans protesting is always bullish. I think one thing people don't realize is 95%, 95% of Americans are hypocrites on this issue. I feel like I live in a country where every three months, the, the half of America that agrees that Americans should protest switches. Say, uh. That if you're protesting, you are my people. No matter what, you are my people. It doesn't matter what you're protesting, who you're protesting for. I don't fucking care. Just the act of protesting is an act of defiance, and I'm for it. I am as well. And for protesting. Yesterday, but it's just like weird. Like Not even the protest. The fact that they got in and that the cops were... Like, how does the Capitol building get bum-rushed like that? It's either crazy incompetence or um something else and if it's either it's not a good situation uh, not a good look for a, a institution that's supposed to imbue power and control um, where bitcoin is alternative to that and seems to be having wins every day if you're interested in protesting the most effectual protest you can do is stack sats and encrypt everything Yes, do that. Definitely do that. That's the best protest. And so, like, yeah, you don't need to ramsack the Capitol. You don't need to burn down buildings. You just sit on your couch, stack sats, download Node, contribute to to Whirlpool liquidity if you can. It's a much, much more potent form of protest, I think we would argue. 100%. It's not even fucking close. And can we talk about... Uh, can we talk about how sats being the safe haven has fucking gone mainstream? Like I used to be laughed out of the room when I said, I look back, 
there's a tweet from me on March 12th where I'm like, fuck you, stats are my safe haven, you know? And, and here we are uh, a little bit less than a year later. And it's like the normie opinion. Is like the normie opinion or sats or people's safe havens. Like, fuck you. Like, just a, uh, less than a year ago, like, people like Joe were telling me, our buddy Joe Weisenthal, were telling me that I was fucking batshit crazy, that it, that it isn't true, right? And I want to be absolutely fucking clear here. People say, like, oh, we've memed this into reality. We haven't memed this into reality. The memes were always real. The memes were always real. The memes were encapsulated it and predicted it it showed people the way before it was the common understanding of it, it, it it's just a way of messaging a strong meme is a real meme it's it, it you can't meme something that doesn't exist exactly it's a condensement of information into something that's very quickly easily recognizable and digestible and transferable bitcoin fixes this number go up what are they actually mean like number go up bitcoin is a scarce asset that is very hard to change and it provides a utility that's never been provided to the world before and enabling peer-to-peer digital cash transactions in a distributed system um so that forces those three factors force number to go up because demand for that service is pretty high and increasing um i I mean if you haven't listened to bitstein's me more fair uh speech from bitblock boom a couple years ago. i mean it truly is we were live for that shit we were but like it's truly it breaks it down like the the, the thinking threes number go up um bitcoin fixes this all that Don't stuff i'm not but i think it is effective fix the money fix the world um that's another well that's not on the list either shout out to crypto graffiti in uh in the btc verse fed team uh they're getting a bunch of billboards out in all the cities throughout the united states that have federal reserve bank branches in them um so like philadelphia chicago st louis minneapolis san francisco boston I, i'm not gonna be able to name off dallas kansas There's city a bunch of them. yeah i wasn't paying attention but he's in all the city all the fed cities yeah it's cool and he's back. It's good to see him back on on our pro censorship Twitter platform. It is. No, I was telling him uh, we were talking in DMs the other day. I think it was much better than the uh, the Honey Badger money billboard campaign that Roger. Love the Honey Badger money meme. The Honey Badger was good. It was good, but it's it like hard to read. Song. Nobody really understood it. I think no, this... Roger can go fuck himself. But the Honey Badger, the Honey Badger campaign was a good campaign. Okay? I agree. No one, no one can. But take, driving no one can by take... it. Driving by, like, what, honey? He peaked. What was that? that? Was, was that a skunk? That was, peak. was that, that a was skunk? Was that a skunk? These are like right in your face, and like again, very few words. Message right I, there. As I said, Roger can go fuck himself, but he deserves credit for the the Badger memes, the Badger billboards. The Badger billboards were legendary. They will go down in history. Oh, they definitely will. I think these are more effective, though. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. That's all I want to say. It's a different tactic, right? Like the, yes. the badger, the badger billboards were for the in-group. Yes. Right. Yes. This crypto graffiti thing is partly for the in-group, but it's mostly for the out-group. It's it's to try and to activate the out-group, right? Yes. Um, yeah. If you're part of the out-group, welcome. Coming into this new group, we're passionate about 
sound digital money in the digital age, self-sovereignty, privacy, and leisure in the woods, drinking mezcal, fire on. It's getting hot in there yet? Oh, yeah. I mean, the freaks. I mean, could you hear the paper? A little bit. It was nothing. It was, it was um, charming. Well, the paper stopped, which means the fire is going strong. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hot in the loft. <laughs> heat, heat rises. It's, it's uh, physics. JRD could not hear the paper. Thank you, JRD. Appreciate you for joining the live comments. Appreciate all you freaks for both joining us on the live comments and joining us week after fucking week. Yeah. On the podcast feed, that's pretty fucking cool, man. It's it's uh, I I just love that we just have like, I don't know, we just have our own inside joke community. It's like, how uh, did that fucking happen. I don't know, some weird, weird coincidence. Uh, you start putting content out, people start interacting with it. Hopefully, it's good content. Hopefully, you guys are liking it. And that's something coming into twenty twenty one with everything. That's going on in the in the world outside of Bitcoin. I'm trying to make an effort. Again, I'm trying to make an effort. I'm a flawed flawed human. I'm gonna do my best, but like just to focus on Bitcoin and Bitcoin alone. Um, yes. In the newsletter and just like just I because not because like I think getting off track is doing anything a disservice, but because I think now is the time to just like put the pedal to the metal, even though the price is going up. And just like drive home the the benefits of Bitcoin and highlight those as much as possible as people are um, in a situation where lockdowns are extended. There's a bunch of people pissed off around the country, like very open to other systems. And this is the time if you're out there creating content or educating people to show lightly and focus and highlight the the benefits of bitcoin as a system and as an alternative to the incumbent fiat shit show that um that is going crazy um that's why i'm happy to see you on the the content grind to start 2021 you know fuck it let's fucking go to the moon i'm ready uh, Mar- dude i'm already on mars i'm waiting for elon he was supposed to send, I, me, send me a car um there's nothing I'd rather be doing. So, I mean, that's always been the fucking case. Uh, and I just realized, like, I mean, it's all, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if there's a revenue model or not. I just want to talk about Bitcoin and then until I die. And I just want to be around the Bitcoiners until I die. And I do not give a shit uh, if it's profitable or not. I just want to do this fucking shit. Um, and I appreciate all you freaks. I, I so, we have Dud Bits in the comments who's been a very dedicated freak and he wants a Sphinx chill. I'm surprised that he doesn't know what Sphinx is. Can you chill him Sphinx? Show him what's going on over in our tribe. So many things going on over at Sphinx. If you're listening on Sphinx right now, thank you. Thank you for streaming us sets. Thank you for contributing to the value for value part of this podcast. So Sphinx Chat is an app. They have one on desktop and uh, mobile, I believe mobile, you have to get through test flight, uh, at least if you're using iOS at the moment. And it's, it's lightning enabled, connected, and uh, basically it's a wallet that allows you to uh, connect your node to it. And then you can use it as a messaging system as well. So you can message people 
in it. And when you're messaging people, you're using um, uh, the Lightning Network to send the messages and to route the messages. And then on top of that, so we've hooked in our podcast via podcast, the Podcasting 2.0 platform, which is being run by Adam Carey, the podfather himself. Uh, and in the Podcasting 2.0 world, we can plug in our Lightning Node uh, public key to uh, our RSS feed. And so Sphinx is compatible with Podcasting 2.0. They pick up our RSS feed. We have a tribe of listeners who are able to join the Sphinx app, um, get their wallet set up, and and then join our tribe to contribute to the podcast. They can the, the Sphinx app picks up our RSS feed with our public node information into it. And if you go to our tribe and you listen to the podcast via Sphinx chat, you can stream us payments every minute listened. Um, as low as one sat, as high as as many sats as you want to send us. Um, but it's a beautiful way to basically do a value for value model, but not only that, to utilize the lightning in, in many different ways. And so they see this Sphinx chat. If you guys want to go check out last month's uh, board call with the Noddle team, um, Paul from Sphinx hopped on there and talked about their their vision. This could compete with Slack at the end of the day. Like Honestly, like if you had your own company, and you just wanted your own company tribes, um, you can hook this up to Jitsi and other open source protocols and do much more than just Lightning Network stuff on it. It can be a whole self-sovereign business team suite, but on top of that, like a little podcasting community. It's crazy what, what Lightning's enabling. Again, the streaming of value. Anybody telling you that Bitcoin never uses a medium of exchange can come look at our our node um our node uh, history. We're getting stream payments every day, and they're, it's crazy because they're fractions of a penny. Some of them, like somebody sending ten sats a minute. Like, Freaks. It's it's about incentives. We talk about incentives here all the time as Bitcoiners. Uh, the issue with our world is flawed incentives. You talk about politicians. Why don't they care? They their incentive model is incorrect. It is, it is short-term. It is not long-term. Um, with Sphinx, all of a sudden, content producers can broadcast and they can get streamed value back directly from their customer base. Their incentive is to provide the best content to their audience. Uh, it's a move away from the ad model. And people don't want to talk about it because we are existing in the ad model right now. But this is Tales from the Crypt, and we will break that fourth wall for you freaks. And we will talk about it. And that, that, that is really the ultimate goal of something like Sphinx is this idea that we can connect directly to you. Um, and our incentive is to provide you the best value. And if we don't provide you the best value, then you go stream your value to someone else. Um, and then all of a sudden your content becomes way better. And, and that's, the, that's the goal here. But to be clear, it's a beta. It's a fucking beta product. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of like, I miss messages. Like I just lose messages left and right. And it's hard to join unless you use your own node. Um, so we're getting there. It, it, it's going to be a process and I'm excited to do this process with you guys. Um, Could be a cameo for BTC if you wanted to. Now I, I have the chat up now. I found it. What a BTC. What do you mean? Cameo for BTC, you know, cameo app. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's like, I think ultimately it really is more of an OnlyFans. I think that the real game changer is OnlyFans, but with Bitcoin. So the idea is, is, is the thing is like once OnlyFans gets too big, it's going to be like Tumblr and they're going to get, they're going to get censored. 
uh, just like YouTube got censored. Like every time a, a, a big platform uh, gets big, every time a platform gets big, it gets censored. So if you're talking about adult content, ultimately, um, you're going to want an uncensorable money, like a distributed platform. And I think really like the game changer for Sphinx is going to be uh, OnlyFans. Uh, but but th- but that that it is what it is. I think that's a plus. But, you know, Marty is shaking his head at me. I, I just want to go back really quick to Jade, Blockstream Jade, because our boy Adam Back, um, which is a, a phrase I always wanted to say, my boy Adam Back. That's my boy, that's fucking cool. Um, he said that the MCU has Bluetooth already integrated for Blockstream Jade. So the idea was that they were going to use a, 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 a very common CPU and it already, that chip already had Bluetooth integrated. So we weren't going to use one that didn't have Bluetooth integrated. So that's why they used the one with Bluetooth. That's his explanation on Twitter. I have no reason not to believe him. Um, and shout out, I don't know how to pronounce your name, but I, I, I really like everything you do on Twitter. ECA attorney, ECA attorney, ESIA attorney. Shout out to you, bro. ESIA or, or lady, or lady. Um, where are we at here? Are we almost two hours in already. Uh, we're not two hours in because it took you a while to launch. Yeah, I'm sorry. Boomer Marty is a real thing. It's a, it's a meme. I um. I don't want to come true, but like, look at this green screen. I got like my camera blocker blending into the screen. My face is blending into the Mars. I'm not on Mars freaks. If you couldn't tell. Yeah. Andrew, at you. Andrew Jackson did destroy the second central bank. So Dudbid said you're actually broadcasting from Mars and <laughs> who doesn't believe you. <laughs> Bullshit. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think what else, like, Guys, price is going up pretty quickly. Oh, Yo, know, this is good. Puppy Sale says Marty has never watched porn. He's pure. It's true, Puppy Sale. It's not true. Not once, yeah. I've, I've dabbled. Uh, Andrew Stottle said no fap stack sats. Hey, if you get get your T levels up, gentlemen. Okay. Um, 03 January 09. Uh, who is a date? He encom- encapsulates a date. Said we've been 94 minutes in. Um, Garvitz C said Citadel on Mars or Moon. Uh, Jimmy Nye said that's Fiat Land behind him. Dudbit said Fab Sats. I, I can I can see is. it now. I can see it now. Are you looking? Yeah, we have to be cognizant of the people listening. Until are they going to want us conversating yeah. with the troll box? A hundred percent. As long as we read out what the troll box is saying, yeah. Then you have to you have to you have to explain what we're what we're reading. I I, I think they're part of the show. Yeah, the the freaks that join us live are a, a, a massive aspect of the show, and that I they want to grow. I want them to be a part of it. It's true. Thank you, freaks. JRD for joining us. said we are not the troll box. Fuck you. Troll box is a is is a compliment. Troll box is a compliment, guys. David ha- Havel says Matt respects the chat. Fuck yes, I respect the chat. Who the it's fuck a, do you think I? Matt am? loves the chat. You guys are distracting him from from the content. Cole says we are the OG chatters. There's, well, yes. it's not it's not hard to be an OG chatter on this podcast. <laughs> You're in early, all right. You freaks got in early. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and take a screenshot so you can say you got subscribed before we blew up. Okay. Which we're planning on doing. So that's like, maybe we can have a conversation with the troll box and you freaks listening at home via podcast apps. Bitcoin YouTube. 
should we contribute to it? Are we contributing to it right now? You, your fascination with YouTube is too much. We're going to get banned off this platform so fucking quickly. Like, it doesn't matter. We, we will use whatever platform we can get to you guys on. I do not care about the YouTube algo. I do not think that YouTube algo is going to bring us any new listeners or watchers or whatever. I think you're wrong there, and, but my, okay. It, well, and it's I, not, it's I'm, not, I'm, I'm not, it's not because I'm like trying to blow up the YouTube channel for us, but to get in front of the bad information that is out there and persistent. Cause again, bring it back to like the clubhouse conversation from last night. Again, a lot of new entrants coming in, a lot of people getting scanned by these trader groups quote unquote trader groups send me send me money we'll put it in this bot and we'll give you back more sats i just i marty your focus the focus should be we're building rabbit hole recap we're, we're gonna be with you freaks every week if you want to be with us we will be with you every week we don't care what the platform is we don't care you. if we get banned we don't care what the fuck happens we will be with you but i'm telling you marty that our youtube is not like we're not building our YouTube. This is not happening. This is not when it's not a thing that's happening. It is um, it is a means to an end. We will get to you, freaks. If we ha if we will broadcast to you however we have to broadcast to you, we will do it. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna attack YouTube this year, freaks, until we get shut down. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. Gonna get shut down so quickly. I don't know. I think you I think you think we're more badass than we actually are. Look, <laughs> I'm uh, this is a great comment. Um, and I'm going to adapt it because I don't think we're not, the we're not doing TFTC over Pornhub on a front run this comment. Uh, you're front running my comment. Yeah. Marty is going to understand why we're not Pornhub certified. I'm pretty sure you have to be certified. Okay. Marty, uh, like if, if, like, do you know the history of free speech in porn? Um, yes. I'm pretty sure. Free speech is important. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, we have we have pretty much nothing to talk about, so we can just if if the freaks if the freaks have a question in the live chat, hit us with a question. Otherwise, I think we should just wrap this shit up. Yeah, we should. We got no shout outs this week too, so I'm not saying I didn't get to them. Uh, there were none. Don't blame you guys. Price is ripping. Everyone's a scammer, including us. Getting your shout outs. We warned you. Um, but thank you for them. We do love them. Uh, very fun part of the show. Very unhappy that we didn't get to do it today, but there's always next week. Look out for our interview with Jack Mahlers. If you guys are liking this, smash that subscribe button. Tell people to subscribe to get good Bitcoin information. Um, yeah. Thank you guys for joining us. Peace and love. Stay humble, Stack Sats.